Welcome to the Frontline Conversations podcast, a platform that discusses issues around public policy and current affairs. We can't wait to share insights that matter to you. Are you ready to have the conversation? This is Frontline Conversations. Greetings to everyone at home. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Frontline Conversations. Today, we are very, very excited to be joined by a seasoned expert in the field of corporate affairs, public affairs. Uh, so we know for sure that you guys will have a really great time listening to this interview. Uh, my name is Pearl Mube, and I'm with Frontline Africa Advisory. Today, I am not alone. I'm joined by two lovely young women who are going to be helping me steer this boat. I'm going to hand over to them to introduce themselves. Hi, everyone. I am Gavetze, and welcome to our conversation. <laughs> and I'm Lelo Namtaisibe, and we are definitely going to have a great conversation with you today. Yes, indeed. Um, without wasting any further time, I know you're all really excited to hear who we have as a guest today on Frontline Conversations. We are joined by none other than Ms. Nozitelo Ngobo, who is with Coca-Cola Beverages South Africa, and she's currently the Director for Public Affairs, Communication, and Sustainability. She's a seasoned professional. From what I've read about her, her career started in 1994. Where were we in 1994? <laughs> <laughs> Where were we? But, um, you can just understand the excitement that we have as young women to just soak up the knowledge and the experience mm-hmm. that she has. And we hope that it will not only enrich our knowledge and understanding of the space, mm-hmm. but also just offer some really lovely insights sites for you guys at home. Miss um, Novo, thank you for joining us and welcome to Frontline Conversations. Thank you so much, Pearl. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm excited. I look forward to uh, spending some time with you. Uh, now I feel old. I feel like a dinosaur. 1994 is like, where did the time go? But yeah, it's been, it's been a ride. I'm, I'm really excited uh, to spend some time with you this morning and, the, and your viewers as well. So I really can't wait to get started. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so let's not waste any further time. Let's just yeah. jump straight into it. Um, so we're here to learn about your journey, uh, you know, the lessons that you've learned, and yeah, just to soak in a lot of this knowledge from you. So you've been working, um, as we have mentioned, in the public affairs and communication space for quite some time. Um, it, it's been quite the ride. Um, so we just want to ask you, in your view, what exactly do you, um, I mean, in your own words, do you see uh, a corporate affairs division within a company? What does it do? And how important is it for the functioning of a company as a whole? I think over the years, um, I, I have seen the role of public affairs or corporate affairs professionals evolving uh, away from the sidelines, right to, to the center of the business strategy. By virtue of us working in a regulated environment, working with regulated products, and working in society and communities, um, the regulatory affairs or corporate affairs is fundamental to ensure that the deployment of the corporate strategy is sound and, and, and there's a lot of accountability that comes with it. So... Most people think we are CSI, we kiss babies, we hug babies, we cut ribbons, etc. That's part of it, but maybe less than 5% are a part of it. 
I've been very lucky to work for very complex markets, liquor, tobacco. Now I'm in the beverages with the sugar act and the sugar levy that is uh, facing us, where there was a very clear understanding that if a percentage of the company's profit is influenced by the law um, or a basket of services, I even worked at Telcom, as you may see in my in my um, in, in my in my CV, where the product uh, portfolio that brings the most profit is regulated by law. It means we need to help the business understand what that law is about, how it shapes the design and the offering of the product or the service, and, uh, and make sure that the compliance to the, to the regulation is not onerous. So I've seen really how it has evolved, but what I, what, what I, what I also need to amplify here is that as corporate affairs professionals, we need to be fully conversant and, and understanding of what the corporate strategy is about. It's not just one thing to say, oh, okay, be aware of the stakeholder, be aware of this law, etc." We need to fully appreciate where is the company going, shape that direction and make sure that um, uh, we, are, we are visible, but also we create value and we, uh, you know, we offer value to the CEO and make sure that uh, they understand. So it's like, let me just give you a very rudimentary example. We are like the petrol gauge in the car. I mean, I don't care whether it's a Maserati, it's a whatever, it's a Tez, whatever the case may be. We are the conscience, we are the petrol gauge. So, I mean, depending how fast you want to ride the car or how far you want to ride the car, that gauge tells you if you are running on empty, if you are running on low, you need to service the car, whatever the case may be. And without understanding the engine, or the size of the engine, the power of the engine, we are not going to offer the proper value. So my appeal and my message, or at least my what I encourage my team and my fellow corporate affairs professionals is that it's one thing to know how the laws are made, who's who, which stakeholder to influence, et cetera. It is absolutely meaningless if you don't understand where the company is going, why is it going that direction, and 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 and, and how you sell and you help the company manage the compliance um, journey, the cost thereof, and, and, and everything around compliance. Yeah, definitely. It's such an understated function, but it is so critical and so important for the functioning and running of a company. So thank you so much for pointing that out. Um, and then I think I just want to touch on the personal, just a little bit, um, on your personal journey throughout the years. What have been the biggest wins? What have been the biggest challenges? Just those, 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 those items, I guess, or those factors mm. that you'd say stood out the most for you as like the biggest challenge, um, and you know what's 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 the most rewarding part of being within the field. Um, the one thing, let me start with what I needed to understand and accept. Our jobs are not glamorous, so we are always behind the scenes. We are the one. We are the people that make things happen. So. More often than not, our successes are, um, are manifested through the successful deployment of a commercial strategy or the successful deployment of market entry, et cetera. So, I mean, I remember when I joined SAP in, God, I don't know, when was it? Oh, Lord. When I joined SAP. Yeah. Within a few months, um, 
I learned that the company was experiencing a lot of negative alcohol, anti-alcohol sentiments. And this was tied to where the country was at the time and, uh, and a lot of alcohol abuse and a lot of problems that were happening in the country at the time. And I was hired to really look at the regulatory strategy and the stakeholder strategy for the business. The company was saying, listen, we are doing all of these things, but we not seem to win in the regulatory space. So what are we not getting? And the opportunity there was to try and bring the regulatory environment closer to the business. Long story short is we were able to get to a point where we understood as a company that government and society is not against us as a company at the time from earning the profit. The issue was, how do we continue to end the profit, be commercially successful in an environment that was struggling with alcohol abuse and alcohol harm? And that, and that meant that we needed to come up with very creative um, mitigation strategies. And I remember writing a one pager to my principals in London to say, for us to address this thing, we need to do, or at least be visible in addressing or working with, with society and government to fight alcohol harm. And that gave birth to one of the biggest campaigns that SAP had, uh, the alcohol uh, reduction strategy. I'm sure you've seen the, 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 the SAP tracks regret nothing. You've seen the most of the programs uh, and on underage drinking, um, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, I don't wanna say I was the engineer, I was the brains, but it was that one pager that allowed us to get the money, the support, the resources, to really start addressing alcohol harm, underage drinking, fetal alcohol syndrome, drunken driving. I'm sure you guys will remember Gauteng or in most provinces, you could you could take a chance and drive drunk. But around 2007, 8, 9, 10, 12, the World Cup and just after the World Cup, you could not take a chance. Because what we did was we worked with a, a, the South African police to say, if a person chooses to drive drunk, how do you successfully prosecute them? Because you, can't, you should not drive when you're drunk. If you're going to drive, don't drink. If you're going to drink, don't drive. It's just simple logic. So we empowered this. We work with the South African police, the National Prosecuting Authority, so that the case is airtight. And we help them with their very powerful breathalyzers. We introduce alcohol evidence centers. So that was one of the biggest projects that I'm really proud of. And that, to this day, you know, um, when I see companies, uh, 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 advancing the same principles of working with government uh, and communities around alcohol harm reduction, um, um, it, it really, really warms my heart. And, and as I've said, you know, we are behind the scenes. No one will ever say, oh, no, it's alcohol, and it's fine. I'm not here for the, for the, for the glory or whatever, but, but it's also very important to understand that our work is behind the scenes and we need to be very comfortable with making sure that we drive the deployment of the strategy from behind the scenes. And at a personal level as well, you begin to see how, not just society, but how corporates interact with the social agenda, with the national government agenda. And that, that there are so many opportunities. We all want the same things. We all want the same things. Where we get stuck is the how. How do we get to that uh, desired end state? I mean, if I look at the sugar uh, levy right now that we are currently facing, we, we are currently facing. As a company, we want the national health. In, um, personally, you know, when I look at my medical bills, I was in hospital. 
I realized that without medical aid, there's no way I would have covered. So many people don't have medical aid. So if you have the NHI, uh, the National Health Insurance in place, that we, we want that as a company. We want that as, a, as, as communities. But also we realize that there are lifestyle diseases that may create a problem with the successful deployment of the, of the NHI. And diabetes and all of those things are part of them. And, 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 and you know, overconsumption of sugar, overconsumption of calories creates the problem. So instead of taxing Coca-Cola or any other company that, 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 that makes sugar beverages, why can't we put various campaigns where we then empower communities with information, we improve our labeling, we improve our marketing to make sure that consumers understand. Also, we invest money in the product reformulation, product design, I mean, formulation and pack design. Instead of giving two liter packs, let's give the, 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 the small dumpies. So that for me is a better way of using the tax money than giving it to government because when it goes to government, it's not ring fenced for diabetes. It's not ring fenced for anything. You know, Coca-Cola pays close to two billion rand per annum on the sugar tax. And that two billion does not go towards health problems in South Africa at all. Or at least if it does, we have not been shown, or at least been, that has not been demonstrated. So what we're saying to, minister, to the Minister of Health, if you give me an opportunity to spend, I don't know, 200 million on consumer awareness, there's a better chance of improving consumption other than taxing, taxing uh, uh, us. So these are the conversations that you need to have. And when I said earlier on about understanding the company strategy, you can't just open this door and not have enough facts to engage the ministers, to engage NGOs, to engage your, your CEO, whoever, to say, listen, I'd rather pay 200 million on a campaign then pay $2 billion in taxes that will not address the problem we're trying to fix. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for that response. And again, just um, highlighting the very important fact that although it's a very understated function, it's so important. And then pointing us to the fact that it's so important for the private sector and government mm. to sort of establish, you know, a working relationship. Because at the end of the day, as you had said, more often than not, both parties want the same thing. Uh, and with that being said, I think I'm just going to throw it over to Lelona. Right, right. Um, Ms. Ngobo, you've mentioned, you know, the importance of, you know, the private sector having a very good and close relationship with government. Um, so, you know, there's been a lot of um, criticizing of the government to say that, you know, they work in silos, they, they're not very accessible to the private sector to labor. Um, how fair is this assessment um, in, your, in your experience um, and also with your experience in the um, industry? Listen, I've, as I've said, I've been in this space for a while and I have seen a lot of growth or at least evolution from government side as well. Government is a huge, huge, huge entity. And for me, it is not unexpected for the left hand not to know what the right hand is doing. And more often than not, it is up to us as professionals to bring the, the different arms of government together and, and make them understand that, listen, I can't do, I can't comply to law number one because law number three says this and law number five says this. And then 
through your negotiation skills, your knowledge of the regulation, your knowledge of the industry, you are able to then facilitate a broader engagement. Yes, absolutely. There are, there are some instances where government is not speaking to each other, and there are instances where even the deployment of the regulation is not sequenced properly. And you find that for us to do to comply to one law, we have to be non-compliant to another piece of legislation. So I fully agree with you, but there are many opportunities in my experience. Um, there are many opportunities where you can be that one glue that brings everything together. Secondly, um, we do have op opportunities to even um, shape the policies where certain laws are introduced by members of parliament as individuals, as, as active citizens, you are able to facilitate the introduction of a piece of legislation. One of the things that we did very well when I was still working in the ICT environment was drive the introduction of the socioeconomic impact assessment before every legislation. And that sits in government, sorry, in the in the in the president's office. So that became a, a standard way of doing of doing business. So a government department may do its own research, write its own white paper, green paper, go through that entire process. But before the before you actually introduce the bill in in parliament, you must produce a statement or at least a report that you've done the socioeconomic impact assessment. That for us was a nice win to make sure that um, um, uh, we are able to bring this together. To answer your question, yes, it happens, but it's not a deal breaker because as seasoned professional, we have a responsibility of bringing the, the many moving parts of government and making sure that uh, things are done. We don't always win, but more often than not, um, I, I found that uh, most of the technocrats that we deal with are, are open-minded and they are willing to assist. Yeah, and I do appreciate how you acknowledge that, you know, we've made great strides um, over the years and the relationship has been cultivated between government and the um, private sector. And I mean, we can only get better um, as the time yes. goes and we can only improve on what we've already done um, in terms of not just policy, but in terms of how we interact uh, with government and with the um, private sector as well. Mm. I mean, it's not always easy. The trust is not immediate or or standard or or guaranteed. So, part of the work that I that I do, and this is part of my own personal lessons, is I've been in the space for a very long time. I know some ministers. I know some deputy ministers who were very junior back in the um, back when I started. Who were members of parliament who are committee members who are now have grown in their roles and part of um of, of me maintaining those relationships is also just acting with integrity and and being as honest as possible with them about what i'm doing what the, where the company is at and, and and sometimes speaking truth to power where i will go back to the business and challenge the business and say listen I cannot do ABC for the following reasons. If you want me to achieve this particular outcome, outcome, how about we explore these because of the potential benefits? And you know, as I said, we are the conscience of the business. So I've never been one to prioritize being liked. I've always prioritized to getting the job right. It doesn't mean that I'm 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 dismissive or rude or or unapologetic, but have the courage to speak truth to power. 
and 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 the, the information that you have on the business on the law allows you to do that but also there's a lot of personal work that you need to do personal mastery understanding who you are your weaknesses uh having the courage to learn to be open-minded and all of those wonderful things that we do as professionals whatever irrespective of the role that you play and and and, and to a point where when i was at sap we would you know, if there was a submission that was requested or required from the industry, we, and we maybe are a few days, uh, we have not made a submission maybe on the day or two days before, the regulator will phone us and say, listen, we haven't had the submission, we haven't received your submission, SAP, are you guys okay? Do you understand the, the assignment? Do you need an extra week? So it, it takes a lot to get to that point where government says, listen, we'll wait for you. And we really appreciated that cooperation, that, uh, that that partnership. We didn't take it for granted, but also we could not get to that point where, if we had not been, if we had not acted with integrity ourselves as as a business, and 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 being honest about the things we can and the things that we can't do. So for me, that 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 becomes very very important as well. Now, my final question on my end um, is, you know, there have been many factors um, that have been identified as being key to driving, you know, economic recovery in South Africa. Um, for instance, Business uh, for South Africa has said that, you know, to to, to build a, a more sustainable investor pool for South Africa, we need, you know, confidence in our policy, um, you know, making abilities and our policy decision uh, processes in South Africa. Now, what is your view on this? You know, what's your take um, on, you know, our um, ability as South Africa, not only just in policy making, but in also um, implementation and, um, have we made any progress in this regard? Is there still more work that needs to be done? And if so, how? How can we um, bridge the, the gap and make sure that we have a sustainable economic recovery program in South Africa? You know, there are no clear answers. And I believe that is the challenge that every government across the globe faces. Some have done, some have made progress than others. And uh, we have a lot to learn from some of those economies. If you look at Australia, for example, how they managed COVID. If you look at Denmark and Iceland, how they managed the COVID. It's testimony to how the country, the culture of the country is, 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 is the homogeneity of the culture has, has driven those particular uh, uh, um, uh, policy, uh, policy making uh, processes. In South Africa, there is a lot still to be done mainly because um, there is the fragmented in the policy approach, there's fragmentation in the policy process. Uh, we, we still don't do socioeconomic impact assessment. We don't fully utilize uh, section, um, section nine institutions. We don't fully utilize your networks where information is sitting in different pockets. And then we, I believe that, you know, when we don't work together as public policy professionals uh, and, 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 and using our industry bodies, our coalitions to really represent um, a, a united front and drive a particular position, sometimes we need to join forces with PepsiCo. I mean, I, I'm Coca-Cola, PepsiCo is my competition. Sometimes we need to put our differences aside and say, listen, 
we are competitors, but this policy direction is going to impact us. How do we join forces and make sure that we bring all the relevant people in government and they see um, and, and they see the, 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 the light? The second point I want to make, and this is very relevant to the sugar tax that we are currently facing, we also need to make sure that as government, we are not, uh, not, not or and as corporate, obviously, we are not um, narrow in our assessment. So if you look at the, at the sugar act, uh, at the sugar uh, tax, for example, government is saying, listen, this is a problem. It, uh, it impacts the health uh, um, uh, objectives of the country. So, you know, let's cut sugar. We come as business and say, yeah, well, you cut sugar, you kill the sugar cane industry. There's what there was looting in KZN. Most of the farmers were affected. People are going to lose jobs. So we come with an economic view of the impact. So the question is, we are no one is wrong and no one is right. How do we come together and say, listen, what is the entire you know end-to-end -end impact of this policy? And for me, I believe when we are all transparent and open about what then is the impact, it's easy to make concessions. It's easy to make concessions. We say, okay, on this particular issue as Coca-Cola, we are willing to concede on ABC because we all know that the end game is, you know, a better society, a, an enabling regulatory environment, a supportive environment for economic activities, et cetera. So, the question with the sugar tax, for example, and, and, and I, I want to make a practical example. I'm not, I'm, I'm not trying to labor the point. Do we want a healthy society, but an unemployed society? So what do we want is, is, is South Africa. Do we want to increase more joblessness? Do we want to increase the unemployment rate at the expense of having healthy people who don't eat sugar? And it is, and it is that simple. So the question is, how do you get both right? How do you get a healthy society? And uh, and 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 the recovering economy, at least within the sugar space. So the question is, innovate. You must innovate. You know, better products, different products, different pack size, consumer awareness. How do we incentivize people to eat healthily? Uh, how do we incentivize companies to be more innovative, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So if I were the Minister of Health uh, or whatever, I would that, that would be my approach because I have learned that we tend to we tend to look for research that answers our or that supports our position. We tend to look for uh, opinion makers that support our position. At the end of the day, let's bring everything to the table and say, okay, stepping back, what is the what is the vision of, of corporate SA? Like South Africa, let's look at South Africa as a corporate or as a family. What is the vision of this family? Babu Rams is our dad. I don't know who our mom is, but what is the vision for this for this company? You know, how do we make sure? How do we leverage the strength of NGOs? How do we leverage the strength of corporate? How do we leverage the strength of government? And we are all pulling in the same direction. We say, you know what, corporate, sit this one out. You don't have the skills. NGO, you push further, you push forward. And there are laws that sub that support this uh, this uh, decision. There are resources to support this decision. That okay, let's all sit back. NGOs push forward. Oh, corporate, you push forward. Everybody else sit back. And there is an enabling regime to allow us to do those things. I'm trying to give you guys a very specific example and and make and 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 make this um, 
uh, anecdotal, uh, um, um, uh, you know, comments just to give you some insight of how I see this. As a question, we are not there yet, a long way, but I believe that uh, with the political will and 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 really looking at South Africa as a as as as, as one entity and making a decision to move forward in the same direction is it's possible. Um, over to my question. Uh, you are very, you are one inspiring woman, I must say. So women such as yourself um, who find themselves in positions of leadership are often faced with the responsibility to create an enabling environment to empower young women. So my question is, what piece of advice would you pass on to a young aspiring woman who wants to be a leader in the corporate affairs space like yourself? Mm. You know, um, it's, it's the, the, okay, first of all, the journey is not linear. The journey is not linear. It's not like a straight line from point A to point B. There's okay. a bird here. It's, it's singing. <laughs> and I, I'm just can't, I can't hear it. Okay, Scott. So sorry for that, because it was it was it was burying you. Oh, you couldn't hear me. Yeah. And now I'm scared for the recording. <laughs> we got rid of the bird. It's fine. It's you gone. Continue. It's gone. I think <laughs> it's So I think it was, yeah. apologies. Apologies. Oh, no, don't worry. Don't worry. I'll start from scratch. Um, my my answer to your question is: Firstly, we need to understand that the journey to leadership is not a linear. Journey. So it's not a, a straight line from A to Z. It's definitely not a straight line. And there are three parts to it. The first part is your own personal growth, your own personal mastery, your own personal values and system. And when I say personal mastery, values and system, there's certain decisions that you need to make as a, comp as a person that uh, are aligned to who you are, who you want to be. And have, and have the comfort to walk away from things that don't serve your purpose. And they may look all glamorous and glitzy and there's a lot of money, but if it compromises your value, feel free to walk away. And it's not gonna be easy, and, but at least you're able to sleep at night. And also have the resilience and the courage to do things that you believe are right. And, and be open-minded, be open to learn, be open to, don't change your, your goal, but you can change your approach. You can adjust and adapt, et cetera, et cetera. But don't change your values, don't change your goals. And, 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 and find sponsors, find sponsors, find the support structure, find people that will help you guide along the journey. So that's the first part. The, the second part is, is having courage to take chances, to take risks. And um, I'm in the process of recruiting now, and it's very interesting how true this thing is. A job, a, a job ad comes out looking for five things. A man will say, oh, I've got two of the five I'm going to apply. A woman says, oh, I, I only have four. I don't have the five that is required. I'm not going to take a chance and apply. So I look at, at the CVs of a woman, and I say, but this woman is, is amazing. Why did she not? follow through with the process and I've got this guy who has the courage believes in himself he only has like less than half of what I'm looking for so as as women let us not be the you know and it's easy for me to say this because now reflecting 
I believe that as women, let's not be our own worst enemies. Of course, when you are there facing the thing, you don't see what I'm talking about. So that's the, the, that's the, the, that's the second part. The third part um, is, is have the courage to stop and start, to make lateral moves, to take a lower job, to move up, et cetera, et cetera. And again, all, amongst all these three things is have the spirit of learning. You, we, you, you need to learn, you need to open up yourself to learning. Um, um, you know, if, if, I mean, I'm very clear with I know nothing about technology. I, wanna, I don't wanna claim it. I don't wanna, I, I, I don't nothing, I don't nothing. So I've got a young girl, your age. I just say, you know what, Linda, would I come here, just fix this thing, you know? Um, I've got a brilliant young, well, she's not young, she's my age, a brilliant woman who does our communications. I say, come fix this. You know, I wasn't hired because I know communications, I know sustainability, I know these things. I, I was hired for a different set of skills. So giving my team the platform to excel because this is their subject matter effect allows me to do what I need to do is, is, is to drive the vision, is to drive forward, knowing that I've got a team that will then execute on the mandate. So I've really given you a long-winded um, answer, but it's in three pillars. It's mastering yourself, having the courage to learn, and also taking chances, whether it's with corporate uh, uh, jobs and, 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 and opportunities. Are there any programs that you are involved in um, that empower younger women, um, you know, to pass that baton over? Yes, there's quite a few. I, I run my own mentorship circle. Uh, I have about five young ladies that I have one-on-one -on -one conversations with. And I say five because I want to give my full undivided attention. But also through um, uh, the company that I work for, we have a lot of platforms, uh, women in CCPSA, that are run by people who are smarter than me, but we, they, we allow, they allow us the opportunity to share our insights, our wisdom, our experiences to ensure that young people, um, uh, at least young ladies are empowered. Finally, uh, and very professionally, we also have um, a very specific women and youth economic inclusion programs that extend to us not just doing the programs as a company, but also leveraging uh, the NGO networks that we have, mobilizing the NGO networks that we have to make sure that young people and women are, are empowered. And um, one thing that I always do with these uh, interventions, I don't go there and say, oh, I want to help women with X. My approach is, let me go engage and see what is required. I know so many people, I'm old, I won't tell you how old I am, but I'm sure you have, you've guessed how old I am. I know so, I'm 48 years old. I know so many people, you know, my own personal networks, um, people that I went to school with, people I went to varsity with, people I've, I've come across through um, uh, my own professional journey. So, I, I don't remember a time where I've come across a problem that I could not help with or have a network, someone in my network that would assist. So my approach is, let's go to this community, let's have dialogues. Okay, what, what, where can we, what are your needs? Where do you need support? And then we leverage the networks to help. Sometimes also have the courage to say, you know what, 
what you're looking for is not going to happen. And this is how you need to resolve it. You know, do ABC, try this, start here, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm very excited uh, for, for, to see that you are an intern because people sometimes do their metric, they do their post-metric uh, post qualifications and suddenly they walk into a company, they want to be a manager. It's like, no, sit down, girl. No, no. No, work no. like that. <laughs> so it doesn't work like that. And and the problem is we are in this instant um uh, gratification society where you see celebrities, these you know, famous people, etc. etc. We don't fully appreciate the journey that it takes for them. I mean, I've been in corporate now for 28 years. Some of you have not lived for 28 years. So <laughs> None of us. <laughs> None of us. Uzobona, you still know Zitelo saying, "Oh my God, I wanna be like her." Yes, it's it taken me twenty-seven years to get to this interview. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying you need to glorify pain. We need to glorify uh, setbacks, etc. But embrace the pain, embrace the setback. And there's a powerful uh, saying that I always come across. It say. Don't ask God or the universe, why me? You have to say, what is it that I need to know? What is it that I need to learn from this experience? Yes, go cry, go somewhere, blow your nose, come back, wash your face, and then say, what is it that I need to get out of this situation? And, and, and that's the courage that I speak to, uh, that I speak about. So long answer, yes, I engage young women in my personal capacity through the networks that I have and through the programs that we run in, in, in the business. I'm sure the women that come into contact with you that have the pleasure of directly learning from you are just so much better for it. And we are so grateful. Um, I, I know I'm speaking on your behalf, but I know you feel the same way. So grateful <laughs> to, have, to have had this opportunity to engage with you. Um, we've unfortunately come to the end of the conversation, but wow. I wish it could carry on. <laughs> We're having fun as well. Yeah, <laughs> we've learned so much. Yeah. We've gained so much wisdom, so much knowledge in yeah. such a short space of time, mm -hmm. but we're, we're better for it. And uh, once again, we just want to thank you for making the time out of your day. Um, time is a very precious resource and you made the time to just come and speak to us. And we know that it's not only us who are gonna benefit from this conversation, but the listeners at home who will be able to just soak up your knowledge and uh, apply it in their own journeys as well. Um, yes, so thank you. Thank you so thank much. You. Oh, thank you so much, you guys. I've listened to some of your podcasts, the, the Geraldine Fraser, you guys are doing great work. Uh, and I'm so proud that you're using the, uh, the, 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 the opportunities that technology represents to spread the message and, uh, and really owning your space in this digital era. So thank you so much. And I really look forward. I'll be following you with pride. I'll be following your podcasts. I think you guys are doing an awesome job. Thank you for inviting me. I really enjoyed myself. We appreciate, we appreciate your time. Thank you. Yes, and you know, before we go, just uh, a short word of goodbyes to the listeners at home. Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, please stay tuned. We have a lot more exciting content coming up on the podcast. Um, yes, thank you for joining us and goodbye. To keep up to date with public policy and current affairs, follow us on our social media platforms. You can find us on LinkedIn as Frontline Africa Advice.
Advisory. Twitter at FAA underscore advisory. Facebook, Frontline Africa Advisory. YouTube, Frontline Conversations. And our website, www.frontlineafrica.co.za. You don't want to miss out.